Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. So welcome back to another episode of the Aaron Novello podcast. We have with us today a uh, pretty powerful human being. He is a gunnery sergeant, uh, active member uh, of the military with the Marines. He's a highly decorated service member, received the Purple Heart uh, for his valor in combat. He's also an endurance events athlete and uh, has participated in a few marathons. And um, he's also my brother-in-law. And I wanted to invite him to the platform because I, I really try to do my best to hand select people to bring to you guys that I feel would really add value. And one of the things that um, I know is extremely important to produce at a very high level in whatever that endeavor may be, whether it be in the business world or the kind of uh, military world or in the financial world or in physical kind of uh, world is mindset. Because I know that you know accomplishing anything is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. So. Um, I'm really excited to have you here, Jeff, so we can share with people a little bit about your mindset that you've developed over a uh, very highly decorated career, man. Appreciate you being here. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. It's always, it's always nice, and I hope they don't hold it against me that I'm your brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, man. So That's good. I was thinking in preparation for connecting, I said, you know, what could I pick your brain about? And one of the things that I find very interesting that people oftentimes um, have a challenge with is this idea of discipline. Because what I'm aware of is in order to accomplish anything, right, in my experience anyway, it requires being able to do certain activities consistently over an extended period of time and kind of pushing past this idea of like repetitious boredom. So I'm wondering, I know you joined the military uh, very young, I'm pretty sure like 18. Uh, and when you went in, right, like initially, was that discipline something that you already possessed? Or was it like a muscle that you had to kind of work out and strengthen? Uh, no, I, I would definitely say it wasn't. It wasn't a muscle that I had exercised regularly and had. I think going through what we call recruit training, aka boot camp, um, it instilled a lot of it. And you know, when I came back home, everybody would say the same thing to me. Um, part of it. Part of it was they said that I was almost robotic and and I was robotic is because of the there was so much muscle memory ingrained in my body and the way I would sit and the way I would talk and the things I would do, uh, it was just very, it was very robotic because it was just that instant willingness and obedience to orders that we, we all had to succumb to. Um, you know, I would say that saying yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Um, always making sure they open a door for somebody, things like that. I never had that. And uh, not that I would say I was a, a bad teenager growing up. I just wasn't as disciplined. Um, so I think it really, it really started to work that muscle and, and it, and it gave it life. Um, but it definitely 
continue throughout the years. Yeah, that's interesting. So, and I appreciate your willingness to be like so authentic because I think sometimes people imagine, I think they imagine for, you know, somebody like you, or I've had people say to me, like, they imagine that this discipline <clears throat> thing is something like, uh, like magical dust that somebody sprinkled on you. And then automatically you're just like this very disciplined person. And my experience is, is that, um, that's completely not the case. And it sounds like it wasn't the case for you either. Now I'm wondering, so during that initial experience, let's say at boot camp, like what were the elements of the environment that allowed for that muscle of discipline to be kind of strengthened and that seed to be planted? Cause it sounds like it was planted there and then you continued to kind of water it, and, you know, harness it moving forward. Uh, so I would say, and when you, when you're talking about like recruit training, uh, the thing you probably run into the most would be like pain retains. And, and what I mean by that is uh, when you mess up, there's some kind of correction that happens. Um, whether it's something, a physical requirement, whatever it is, but going through that moment and you're like, I never want to mess this up again because I never want to experience this again. Um, whether it's three drill structures in your face or it's uh, having to become a, a sugar cookie as we would say, when you're all hot and sweaty and then they make you roll around this thing called the sand pit and you look like a sugar cookie afterwards. Um, it's just like, gosh, I never want to do that again. Cause I'm not at the beach where I just jump in the water and rinse it all up, you know? Uh, so I think, I think with that, it's that pain retains. And then I think the next part is, um, as you, once you get through that threshold and you kind of have that foundation of discipline, it's, it's leaders. I think leaders are ultimately, um, which I would say maybe figures in our life, if we don't say leaders, you know, leaders in the Marine Corps, but then to match that, let's say outside the Marine Corps would be uh, figures in our life, role models that are leaders outside of that. Um, and I found that the hardest leaders, um, but the, the hardest leaders were the best leaders because they made my, my discipline grow. Um, as whereas leaders that would allow me to get away with stuff, no, no matter how minute it was, um, they, they never really made me go back and question myself and think about what I did um, and how I can grow from it. Whereas if I walk into, you know, uh, my most, my, my current boss, I walk into his office in the beginning, I started a new thing and I asked him a question and he looked at me and says, well, you're the subject matter expert. Why are you asking me? And I was like, all right, why am I asking you? Um, and then from then on out, I made sure that before I walked into his office, I thought about every question, every answer he was going to give me that way. I was, I was well prepared. So um, kind of that. That's awesome. So I wrote down a few things here that I think are very interesting. Uh, one is this idea of pain retains. So like when you would make a mistake, there was a very instant, immediate, like hard um, feedback that was so strong, you really didn't want to have that experience again. So you became hyper aware to not kind of, you know, participate in that behavior or do whatever it is that you were doing that caused that feedback. And then the second thing is, which I find also equally very interesting is this idea of leaders or mentors or a coach or a trainer or somebody who can actually help your discipline grow. And that even though like, our natural disposition as humans is to seek comfort. It's actually not comfort that makes us stronger, like faster, quicker, better. It's actually somebody pushing us 
to, um, you know, become more disciplined in our actions. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's awesome. And now I'm wondering, like, for you, so I'm aware, like, in the, uh, in your world, you know, when somebody makes a mistake, there's like this, you know, let's say hard feedback and kind of corrective mechanism. Like, for those agents that may be listening to this, right? Uh, because again, I find that one of their hardest challenges is the discipline around like PLAN, prospect, lead, follow, go on appointments, negotiate, and to adhere to a particular schedule. And the challenge is, is as an individual agent, you're kind of like an island onto yourself, right? I'd love to be able to be like with our clients that we coach throughout the country, physically in a room with them. And when they make a mistake, I could give them that immediate hard feedback, right? So that pain retains and then they move away from that. But for somebody who may not have that, like, what would you suggest or propose that they could do for themselves to try to create that type of environment for themselves? Well, I, I think it, uh, I think we're talking about, I think we're talking about how do we create an internal discipline mechanism if someone's not there over their shoulder, right? Yes. Well, I think there's, I think there's two things to consider and that's, we're talking about mindset. And the first thing is to understand, well, what, what is their mindset? So if you have two people and one of them has growth mindset, one of them has fixed mindset, it's going to be very hard to, to it's going to be very hard to propose and do things with those individuals because they're okay with where they're at. They're okay with being mediocre um, and accepting less than what they're capable of. But then when you talk about somebody with growth, um, this is where when you have those probably for you, when you have those one-on-one coaching calls, and you talk for the very first time, you, you say, okay, try and implement X, Y, and Z. Well, you're not there to make sure that they do it. So when they go out, they do it, and then they come back, let's say, a week, two weeks later, and then you probably ask the question, so how did it work out for you this week? And then they give you the, the feedback, right? Like, oh, I did this, I did this. And at that point, that's kind of your time. I think what they need to do in between, let's say, those two coaching phases, and we'll give, use that as an example, is – document and reflect and what i mean by that is if prospect prospecting prospecting and and leads and a lot of stuff well write down what how many prospects did you attempt to contact and out of those attempts how many did you talk about how many did you actually get to talk with and then out of how many you talked with how many of them did you feel really comfortable you felt engaged um and what made you feel engaged what made you feel comfortable and then out of the ones that you didn't feel comfortable you didn't feel good what made you feel uncomfortable what what stifled you um kind of document write that down and then ask yourself well what can i do what was the difference and then also bring that to that next coaching call um it's kind of like a self-reflection you know like what did i achieve what did i do and what did i achieve and how can i get there that's awesome. So yeah, like what I was thinking is, is when you were writing, when you shared that about like this idea of a leader that makes your discipline grow, what it made me think of is in many ways, you know, with uh, a lot of the people that I work with, that's one of the major things that we work on together as a team. And what you're saying is, is in between those calls to be documenting on your own, right? Uh, as you're participating in those activities to keep like this working log, and then when you do report back, you've been engaged like that between, you know, those between those seven days of calls, you've been engaged, um, you know, in the implementation of the action, but you've also been documenting it as well. And I'm imagining as you do that consistently over an extended period of time, that's how you 
forge that muscle of discipline. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Now, the other thing I think is very interesting is that despite us being from like very different kind of environments, right? Me, you kind of in the civilian world and in business and you in the uh, kind of military world, I know we think a lot alike. And one of the things that we think a lot alike around is this idea of like, it takes what it takes. Uh, so like, I'm wondering for you, like, where did that kind of mindset come from? This idea, like, we're not going to stop until it's done. And this idea of like completing the mission and whatever it takes to complete the mission, that's what we'll do. Hmm. Um, man, this is tough. Uh, where did it start? Where did it kind of come from? I would say, you know, combat is definitely the easy one to refer to um, just because you're put in a situation that if you just don't get through, you don't, it's not just about you. It's about everybody. It's about your whole team. Um, it's almost a, you have to do what you have to do out of selflessness, not selfishness. It's not about your life. It's about everybody to your left and to your right. And I would think where that could come into play is, you know, what's your, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your why statement? You know, why do we do the things that we do? So just, I'm not in combat anymore. Um, so my why statement changes, you know, and after that it was, well, what's my why statement? I want to be successful. Um, then I got married and then I had a son and now my why statement is completely different. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the driving force in my life that, um, I have to be disciplined at work. I have to be disciplined on my side because if I'm not successful, then how do I continue to take care of this new addition to my life? I love that, man. Yeah, so I'm, I wrote down a couple of things like that came up for me as we were talking about that. Is this idea like it's my duty and obligation to be as successful as I possibly can. Not like it would be nice, it would be cool. It's more so it's my duty, right? To protect my family and the way we do that, you know, on planet Earth from is in an economic, you know, sense. And then this idea that it's not, it's not about me, it's about the team. So I find like, you know, some people, they ask me because they see kind of how hard I go after it. And they, they kind of ask me like, what is that? Or they say things to me like, oh, like I'm, I'm burning out, I feel burnt out. And I'm like, I'm like, you're not a candle. Like, how do you, how do you burn out? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not possible. And what that tells me is, is your reasons aren't strong. And what, what is so interesting about what you're saying to me is like, it's not about me or like I'm uncomfortable or I don't feel like doing this. Like it's about the team and it's about the mission. And the mission for me is freedom, right? Freedom to, to do what I want with who I want, when I want, how I want. And then I love what you just said, this idea of like, it's not about, I don't do it out of selfishness. I do it out of selflessness. So it's not about like me and like, you know, the fancy watches or cars or like whatever. It's really about service to others. And by me doing these activities and perhaps embracing repetitious boredom and going towards things that are difficult, it allows me to be able to serve my team, let's say, at a very high level. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that brings up another interesting thing that me and you kind of share in common in terms of our personal philosophies is this idea of going towards things that are difficult instead of moving away from them. And I find that, you know, our culture has become one of very much so comfort and convenience. 
And as a whole, people have a tendency, I know it's a broad generalization, but it's just true. They have a tendency to move away from things that are uncomfortable or perhaps difficult. And I find that, you know, in my realm, people move away from, let's say, prospect uh, because it's challenging. People say no, they hang up on you. They call your names your mom didn't give you, right? There's lots of rejection. So they shy away from it. Uh, And they shy away from, let's say, being listing-based because there is more rejection involved and it's way more competitive. But I have found that going towards things that are difficult, it actually makes you stronger, right? Actually shying away from them, you know, creates weakness, not only mentally, but physically, emotionally, you know, spiritually, all that. So I guess I'm wondering for you, like this idea of going towards things that are difficult, I'm imagining, you know, that was shaped by not only some experiences that you were in, you know, in terms of battle and things of that nature, but also with some other challenges that you've had in your life. So, you know, perhaps you can share with people how that philosophy developed for you and how it's actually served you. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it similar because obviously we're in two different, uh, businesses. Yeah. However, they're very similar since I'm coming from the recruiting aspect of it now, um, because that's what we do. We prospect and we sell and, uh, we have appointments and interviews, uh, you know, listings as you would call them. Yep. Uh, and we close deals and we make sales and things like that. Um, I would say what I have to say is there has to be a belief and there has to be a, there has to be a belief in what you're doing and you have to buy into what you're doing. Uh, Kind of the same thing, but, um, so let's think for me, um, fresh brand new recruiter. The thing I have to do is I have to make TCs. I got to smile and dial and talk to and do everything that you just said. Right. And I'm just a recruiter, right? I'm just, just a sergeant doing a thing. 2009. Have a script, have everything talking to people, you know, talking about things that the Marine Corps can do for them. Had there not been somebody there that to just kind of to reinforce that, Hey, these are the things, these are the practices you have to do. I would have never made those TCs and that boredom of repetition that, as you put it, would have never became effective and efficient. And then when I became effective and efficient and I started talking to people and I started doing different things, um, and I started getting those appointments and I started having those interviews and getting the contracts. Um, it changed my mindset. It, it made me a believer and I had buy-in to what that person was selling, what that person was training me to. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So this idea that like once there's belief that the activity that's perhaps uncomfortable, whether it's making TCs, which in your world are uh, an acronym for telephone calls and yeah. in, in our world and selling real estate, we call it prospecting or whether it's, uh, you know, going for a run or whether it's, um, you know, looking at your finances, whatever's really uncomfortable. But the belief that if you go towards the hard thing, that it's actually going to lead to the outcome that you want. Once that happens, then kind of resistance disappears. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah, definitely. uh, The resistance. And I would say for people who aspire aspire to be not just an agent, maybe you run their own. um, You're going to have to create that in people. And if you can't create it in yourself, you're not going to be able to create it in them. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. And that leads me to the next thing I want to talk about. It's so cool, man. We didn't even talk about this, what I wrote down, but you're, it's a perfect segue. So this idea that like you can't give other humans something that you don't already possess, right? So what you just shared with regards to like this idea of going towards hard things instead of moving away from them. And once I have a belief that those hard things are actually going to give me outcomes that I want, then there's resist that resistance that's normally there. It dissipates. It may not go away completely, but it's far less. You don't have to, you don't feel like you're like, ah, like this kind of huge push against this concrete wall. And um, you actually want to do it because you're aware that it's a mechanism to get you, you know, to the outcomes that you want. But then, you know, if you want to grow and expand uh, in whatever it is that you're doing, whatever endeavor, in order to be able to give that type of, whether it's the discipline, whether it's the mentality of it takes what it takes, or kind of the philosophy of going towards things that are uncomfortable or difficult, this idea of like personal leadership, right? I have to be able to lead myself at a really high level in order to lead others. So I know that you are now in recruitment and you're responsible, right? For getting recruits, young kids, really like 17, right? 18 getting ready to kind of deploy or to, um, you know, kind of go to boot camp. And how do you go about trying to instill this idea of like personal leadership to be able to lead themselves at a high level? You talking about the, the future Marines that are going to recruit training? Yeah. So, cause like what I'm aware of is, is like in this, in, in the game of like an independent real estate agent, you know, for a lot of people, again, they're an Island onto themselves. And it's like, okay, you have to be very self-starting. You have to lead yourself at a high level as far as like time management, um, you know, kind of skill development and practicing and the discipline of making calls, right? So you have to lead yourself at a very high level because as independent contractors, nobody's standing there to give you that pain that retains. You could basically do no deals for an extended period of time and they'll keep you around, right? which I know does not happen in the military setting. If you don't perform, like you get immediate feedback. And then, like you said, you want to shy away from that. So like, how so uh, Go ahead. I, I would say, I would say, you know, obviously we have to have the experience or have done that ourselves to be able to lead them and prepare them for that. And it's not the, it's not the program. It's not the physical regiment that we put them through. So if you think about recruit training, recruit training isn't about how fast you can run, how many pull-ups you can do, uh, how much weight you can carry on your back while you're hiking. It's about your mental toughness, mm. 100%. So physically, it's it's you go to you could go to boot camp doing three pull-ups and you're going to make it out of boot camp. You can go to boot camp running a mile and a half in 13 minutes and 30 seconds and you're going to make it out. Um, and all this, you know. That's how that's how minimal you need to you need to have. Now, obviously, we want to send them above the minimal minimum standards. Um, what I would say it's preparing them for the mental part. And if you've never experienced, it's hard to prepare somebody for that. So, uh, an example would be before they go to recruit training and during their time in the program. You know, because they can be up there in up for a year. You know, if they're in high school, they got to graduate high school, but they can join the summer before all that good stuff. But what you have to try and do is you have to um, paint the picture and be as detailed as possible without giving them everything. But let them know, listen, when you get to recruit training, you're going to see that the physical part isn't as bad as you thought. 
In fact, the mental part is the hardest part. And this is what you're going to experience. When you first get on the island in those first two weeks, this, this, and this, and this is going to happen. And this, and this, and this, and this is how you're going to feel. But I promise you, if you get past those two weeks, the next 11 weeks are going to be much, are going to be not easier, um, but they're going to be, they're going to be uh, accomplishable, you know? Yeah, like, like palatable. Achievable. You'll be yeah, able to do be achievable. <laughs> yeah. It's just the first two weeks you go from having yourself on having this and having these luxuries to cold turkey. You have to talk to people via snail mail and writing letters and things like that. Um, and you, you know, you're just limited. Uh, but what ends up happening is when they come back to recruit training, the first thing I would ask them is I would say, so was boot camp more mental or more physical? Or even when I'd write letters to them in recruit training, I'd write them letters and say, so is it more mental, more physical? And the same thing. Oh, you know, your, your training here was much harder than the training in boot camp. And I was like, but it was way more mental, you know, mentally tough than, than I would have ever expected, you know? Yeah. And then I think another, go ahead. I was say, I think one last part is, um, you know, and this is a little vulgar, but the the thing of, um, you know, we just say, uh, DB4, you know, don't be a baby back. And then you finish the last B, um, don't be a baby back. You know, if you're going to, you know, it's not about your feelings, you know, they're trying to make you better. And those drill instructors, they actually are excited when you do well, when you, when you thrive and you crush recruit training, they're sitting back and they're talking about you. They're not talking about you to your face, but they're talking about how great you are and how excited they are seeing you grow. Um, not so much for the people who have a hard time. So, yeah. I love that, man. There's so much to unpack there. So I remember at the beginning of our conversation, we talked about this idea that accomplish something, anything, whatever it is, whether it's running a marathon, growing a business, making a million bucks, like whatever, being an awesome recruiter. Uh, it's 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. And that's basically what you just described to me, that the physical component, which oftentimes is where people kind of go in imagining is the most challenging, is actually not, I mean, it's challenging, but it's not really what's truly challenging. What's truly challenging is the mental component. And I find that to be very, very true. It equates um, very well to, you know, selling real estate in high volume because, I can teach somebody what to say and how to say it. It's relatively easy, right? Somebody just has to put in the time to like, you know, write it out, chant it, listen to it over and over again. But the mental part, what I wrote down as you were writing this down is like, I wrote down the mental part of dealing with disappointment, dealing with rejection, doubting yourself that you made the right decision, uh, fear and being afraid, right? Of not knowing what to say or being in a 100% commission-based business. Like dealing with that from a mental perspective can be very overwhelming for people. Uh, and, and I find just like what you said, it's actually not the physical component that uh, keeps people stuck or keeps people from accomplishing the outcomes that they want. It's the mental component, right? Yeah. Now, and you mentioned yeah. this idea of not getting into your feelings. So like, Talk to me a little bit about that because I'm aware sometimes, you know, I'll be on coaching calls and people be like, oh, you know, and they're kind of whiny or they might get like a little upset because they didn't get the outcome that they wanted. Or it's like, it's not fair. And I tried so hard. You know what I mean? Like, 
So, so talk to me about that and talk to me about like, was that something that you had to learn? Was that something that like was your natural disposition? Like, um, hmm. feelings, I would say the biggest feeling I would ever feel, I would ever get is disappointment. And it wasn't necessarily just disappointing myself. That would be a big part of it. Like, man, how did, I remember I went to a course and we, and when you check in, you got to be in a certain uniform and all these things. And I missed a button right here. And I was, I was good. I was like, I'm good. I put this uniform on so many times. Like, give me fine. Well, I walked up and the instructor's like, pretty much said something to me. And I was like, God, I'm such a, you know, POS. I, I can't believe I missed a button, you know? And, and that instructor actually became my instructor. Um, so that was great. Uh, but he didn't remember that, I guess it was, just, so it was checking day. Um, but I would say disappointing others. If you're going to, if you're going to get into your feelings, don't get into your feelings by yourself. Cause it's not, it's, it's once again, it's not about you. It's about who are you really letting down? Um, so I would say recruit training. One of the reasons recruit training was, was bearable to get through is one of the things I said to myself every night online was I cannot go home and face this person, this person, this person, and look them in the eye and not have accomplished being a United States Marine. Um, and that was, and that's, that's kind of that, you know, you can't get, you can't get into your feelings of fairness and things like that. Life isn't fair. We've all heard it. Um, so just, I don't know. I just, I, I have a very blunt, blunt thing about feelings. Just, just take them out of the equation. Yeah, I know. Um, and me and you share that. And what I'm aware of is that sometimes <laughs> when you extract those from the, like the equation, whether it's in your world or in my world, people might perceive that as you like being like not kind, perhaps yeah. being like kind of like an <clears throat> asshole. You know what I mean? But it's like, that's not what's true, right? What's really true is what you just said is like, when people oftentimes ask me again, like what drives me? And, you know, what causes me to work on a Saturday, you know, even though I saw 170 homes a year, like I don't really have to do that. Or what causes me to, you know, just to grind at the level that I, I go at. And what I tell them is, is like, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I have to look at Sebastian or Liliana and be like, sorry, we can't do that because daddy didn't try hard enough. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, like to be like, oh, well, we can't, we can't go to that trip or you can't go to that school because um, I didn't learn what to say. What's, you know what's, I mean? a, what's a yeah what's the worst disappointing being being disappointed or upset that someone hung up on you or looking somebody in the face and saying we can't do this because i failed to do this that's right because i was mentally it. too weak to like deal with the rejection and keep going you know what i'm saying yeah yeah like a hundred percent and um i find it very interesting because that's always what i go back to is like people oftentimes they're capable but they either don't have enough reasons or the reasons aren't strong enough or they don't visit them regularly enough. Yep. Because if you do, my experiences, which it sounds like it's yours as well, I know you very well, right? Uh, because you're my brother-in-law and I've gotten to know you over the last four years. I know you come really from a place of service and all the things that you do in serving others. And uh, I think that's a wonderful thing. As far as like personal motivation though, if you can link the outcomes that you want to produce, not for yourself, like selfishly, 
but more so for other people. And that if I didn't do the daily activities or the daily disciplines, I'd basically be disappointing them. And that becomes a standard where it's like, that is completely not acceptable to me. So I don't, and then that goes back to the whatever it takes mentality. Like, I don't care what it takes, but that is not an acceptable outcome. And I'll do whatever it takes in order to make sure that that doesn't happen. Absolutely. And uh, I would say a, a more recent example for me is obviously the the why statement of my family is never going to be uh it's, it's always going to be the strongest influence in my in my life however i would say that one of the response one of the things that i did a lot is i would call my fellow marines and kind of check on them check in with them see how they're doing you know how, and they were like running they were bosses of offices so they ran their own individual office and they have recruiters and all that stuff and i would talk with them and uh, check on see how they're doing. And when I went to this new position, you know, a higher position, um, I had to learn a completely new job and I had to learn a lot of things about it. And obviously COVID-19 happened and that affected a lot of things. Um, and then what happens is I was so immersed in trying to make myself proficient that I neglected them. I neglected the extra step that I took with them. And recently I re-engaged with that. And one of the guys said to me, he's like, he's like, yeah, Gunnar Sarn. You've been uh, you've been MIA, and when he said that, it like it cut deep. I was just like, man, um, it really, it really, it really stuck, you know. And I was like, man. And then another guy, he was brand new, and I was hard on him. I've been hard on him, but I had to take a minute and kind of sit down, and be like, all right, what do you need? What can I help you with? Like, what's up? And he was like, he was kind of confused, and I could hear it in his voice. And I said, look, disclaimer. What I normally do is I do this, this, and this. I'm always going to be hard on you, but I always do. I always follow up. I always check in see what you need. And after I said that, he was like, oh, he's like, I really appreciate that. And then we had that that conversation and everything kind of opened up. So, you know, this is that, that letting other people down, you know, or not helping other people, I guess, could be a point. Yeah, I love that, man. So, so here's kind of the takeaways that I'm taking away from – our conversation today that I feel like a lot of people will benefit from, because again, what I'm aware of is, um, you know, mindset is a challenge for all of us. Right. And, and what I'm aware of is how the strength of our mindset in, in many ways dictates uh, not only what we can kind of endure, um, but also the outcomes that we produce. Right. So, you know, discipline is not something that you're born with. Some people imagine when they see somebody who's, kind of disciplined that they've always been that way. And you just shared like, Hey, even though I'm a hoorah Marine with a purple heart, that is not something that I kind of, you know, was born with. It's something that I had to cultivate and kind of massage that muscle and then plant that seed and continue to, you know, water it sort of thing. The other thing that I thought was very interesting that I'm taking away is this idea that a leader, a mentor, a coach, or whoever, a trainer, like, really a lot of the value that they can bring to you besides just like strategy and technique is helping you to make your discipline grow, right? Because when your discipline grows, I can pour more in. The idea is like, if I took a cup like this, right? And if this cup had a leak in it, like if the integrity wasn't right, I had a little crack, I can pour stuff into it, but it'll leak out. But however, if it's structurally intact, if the integrity of the structure is intact, then I can pour in and it retains it. And the idea is, is that that structure is discipline, 
right? So a really good coach or trainer or mentor, uh, they can help you to kind of cultivate and grow your discipline. Um, and then the other thing that I, I took that I wrote down here is this idea of doing things from a selfless perspective versus a selfish perspective. And that when you do that, you know, it ties into allowing you to not kind of want to disappoint other people and that'll strengthen those disciplines and strengthen your kind of whatever it takes mentality and all of those things in conjunction will allow you to, you know, accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish, whether it's running endurance events like you've done, like marathons, whether it's selling hundreds of homes a year, whether it's being, you know, a rock star recruiter like yourself. So is there anything else that you want to add to kind of the people that are listening um, that you think could be helpful to them with regards to this idea of mindset? Um, I think mindset is, uh, I, 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 I put in parentheses next to it. I said, it's, it's discipline. Like discipline is a mindset. Well, so is undisciplined, you know, you just have an undisciplined mindset, but I think something that really stuck out to me, I was thinking, what is mindset? You know, what, uh, what, what drives mindset? And I kept thinking, um, circumstances and events in our life. So the circumstances of our life, let's say growing up. Or the events in our life, you know, as you know, so circumstances, if you're growing up and I grew up without a father, you know, that created a mindset that that gave me drive, you know, so when I have my son now, I'm not going to be that uh, missing, missing father, I'm going to be that involved, maybe overly involved father. Uh, and then something like an event would be, you know, going to combat or running a marathon, and just being like, uh, wow, I ran 26 miles, this 18 mile I got coming up, that's going to be an easy day. Um, which then gives you, in my, in my opinion, a perspective. And I think people's perspective, um, is ultimately what drives their mindset, their mindset. Um, what have you, what have you experienced that's created your, your perspective in life? Um, because someone's perspective in South Florida and someone's perspective in California and Alabama, they're all different. But if you're able to create more perspective, you're able to grow your mind. Uh, that also will grow your mindset. Uh, it'll help your mindset, establish your mindset, I guess. So yeah. there's something else to think about those links. So. That's awesome. So I wrote down, cause I find this to be very true as well is consciously and purposely putting yourself in environments right? That can make you physically, mentally, and emotionally stronger or tougher. Whether that's you participate in an endurance event. You know, I know you've done marathons. I did a uh, triathlon a long time ago, done half marathons. Like those things, they test you physically, mentally, emotionally, um, or engaging in kind of projects that test you physically, mentally, and emotionally. Because I, I find that that, you know, kind of mental mindset or mental toughness it's, it's, a, it's just like any other system. And in order for the system to get stronger, you have to stress it. And when you stress it, that's how it gets stronger. That's how any system works, right? But if the tendency is, is to want to like kind of do comfort and convenience all the time, then I'm, I'm never going to stress the system and therefore I'm never going to make it stronger. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so that's awesome, brother. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you greatly. Uh, this has, uh, you know, been really fun and exciting for me. I know a lot of people will get a tremendous amount of value 
uh, out of what you shared today. So if anybody had any questions or concerns for you, if they wanted to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess the, the, what is it? The, my email, send them my email. The baby okay. Gorilla. And what about, where can they find you on Instagram? Instagram? What is it? Uh, baby underscore gorilla 51. Yeah. I don't even baby know. Underscore just, gorilla. That, that lets you a little bit, lets you know a little bit about my brother-in-law, Jeffrey Schultz. So I appreciate you, man. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, man. I had a fun time. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.